special episode of Femme FM. I mean, I like to think that all of our episodes are special, but this is a, a, a genuine special, like Extra a Christmas special, special yeah, like special. an occasion. Uh, it's the Barbie special. You know, we have our book dates every episode. And also, we're sorry it's been a while. We've had moving house issues, technical issues, life crises mm. issues, but... I mean, I like to think that any issue in life can be boiled down to technical issues because it just makes it sound better. Yeah. Like if you're like oh, I'm really not having a good day. Technical, I'm having like technical issues. I don't feel issues. well mentally. If you just tell your friend like I'm having technical I'm having, issues, they understand. You can't argue with technical you can't issues. Argue. The show we've, can't go on. We've been having technical issues in recording this episode. We've just um, been. Don't ask for specifics. We've been having technical issues. Technical issues. But we're so happy we're to be back. back. And this is like and with the a special episode. Barbie episode. We are going to be talking about our thoughts about the Barbie film. We're going to be playing some Barbie tunes, old and new, and we're going to be playing some general Barbie-ish songs that give off a general Barbie Barbie vibe. energy, girlhood energy, being a woman energy. And we're going to be answering a very special Barbie question this week for our Agni Aunt section. Yeah, it's going to be cute. We've obviously spoken a lot, pretty much every episode we've mentioned, like mm. a new Barbie trailer update or a new Barbie song update, etc. And we finally went, we got all dressed up and looked mm. really cute. We mouse side. But I will say, in terms of viewing experience... Why did they let so many we, kids into that film? We had a nightmare. There was at the back of the cinema. If it was you at Odeon Cinema, right? At if the you back, were the annoying people that chatted through the, the whole film. through, like loudly. Like we were in the middle of the cinema, right? In mm. the middle of the room, quite near the front. And there were these people at the back. And then somebody called them out and they were like, Are you talking about us? Like, yeah. yes. We are. So if you're oh, going to see Barbie or any so film. It was so fun though. I hadn't been to the cinema all year. And I love going to the cinema and I never go because it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm not paying money to do something yeah. I could do at home. Well, I'm a personally a big fan of going to the cinema. I go on my own a lot. Um, got popcorn. I've never had, I've not had an ice blast oh, yet. but the machine, the ice blast machine was broken. I've got a whole Toblerone like I was on an aeroplane. We had a lot of snacks. It was a lot oh, of snacks. We had a really nice time. It was so fun. We got really dressed up. And of course we went together. Imagine what like, the listeners would think if, if we'd we just gone separately. If we seen it separately, like, that would have been wild. I don't think I could have seen it with anyone else. It was very cute. A lot of people. Um, I needed my first us, time like, to be with someone special. It was nice seeing everyone like in like groups of girls all dressed in pink and like sat down. The girls sat next to us just looked like alternate universes versions of us. us yeah, well. it was so hilarious. There was one point where me and another girl made a Wonka joke. Yeah, when the advert played, they both moved their fingers for like <laughs> scratch that and reverse it or whatever. Like I think we should kick the episode off with what I think is. This could have been classic of the week because it's a modern classic. Yeah, but we're gonna go with yeah. we're gonna go with it as an opening. It's the biggest song from the new Barbie soundtrack, Nicki Minaj, Ice Spice, Aqua. By the way, go and open up Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice's Barbie song right now. Look at the cover and tell me that's it's not, not just us. me and Kat. It's us. It it, it just is. It's us. It we're so like them. We're so them. I'll, I'll allow it. I'll say that you can be Ice Spice. Yeah, we're gonna start with being bad like a Barbie. I'm a doll, but I still want to party. Like a Barbie. I'm a doll, but I still want to party. Stop playing with them, Ryan. It's so good. <laughs> I've been singing it all week. This is Barbie Ooh, World. Hang on, before we play it, I just want to say I think it's really interesting that this song features Aqua because oh, you said that. Tell me about of, this. Like this film is just like a next step for Mattel's general like image and marketability around Barbie. 
But when the Aqua song, like the original Barbie Girl song, Mattel came out, Mattel hated it. They tried to sue them and they lost because Aqua won um, based on like parody. fair use and parody. And, parody yeah. and fair use and parody is exactly why Aqua is now allowed to be sampled on the soundtrack for this film, which is so interesting. It's hilarious how it's like been a ma- this song has been so viral and pretty paramount to the marketing of the film. But like we don't think of that song as like a parody or really dirty. We think now. we associate it with actually Barbie because when it came out, it like was a parody and it was like oh like girlhood, I'm made of plastic. But what people don't realise is that Mattel, after not like succeeding in suing them, actually remarketed the song with their own lyrics that changed it to instead of being like, I'm made of plastic, it was like I love fashion or something. <laughs> like so we, like the the melody is still there, but they managed to play it off as like a it's about Barbie. Yeah, I love that. And it's just like when you've got enough money you can just subvert any bad press and it's really interesting and now it's being used directly for Mattel for the bit of the film yeah but yeah and it's a great song it's It's a great song so yeah this is Barbie Barbie World Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice and Aqua stop playing with them right and I'm bad like the Barbie I'm a doll but I still wanna party pink felt like I'm ready to bend I'm a 10 so I pull in a can like Dazzy Stacey Nicki all of the Barbies is pretty all of the Barbies is bad it girls and we ain't playing tag rad but he spanked me when i get bad i'm in la voteo drive i'm in new york medicine ave i'm a barbie girl pink barbie dream house the way can be killing shit got me yelling out like the scream house y- yelling out we ain't selling out we got money but we ain't lending out we got bars but we ain't bailing out in that pink ferrari we pillin' out i told tay bring the bob billin out that pussy so cold we just chilling out baby Bitch, if you still in doubt, oh. and I'm bad like the Barbie. I'm a doll, but I still wanna party. Pink felt like I'm ready to bend. I'm a ten, so I pull in a can. Like Jazzy, Stacy, Nikki. All of the Barbies is pretty. All of the Barbies is bad. It girls, and we ain't playing tag. Bobby ain't nothing to play about. He wanna play in the playhouse. The fuck they gon' say now? I'm watching these bitches. I'm rubbing a stain out. Like I'm ready to bend. All the fake Barbies just wanna pretend. Like hold on, let me go find me a pen. Like where it led. Now I'ma put it to bed. She a Barbie bitch with her Barbie click. I keep dragging her so she bald a bit. And I see the bread. I want all of it. And I want the green, so I all of it. And I throw it back so he losing it. And I give the box with no shoes in it. Yeah, I know the trick, so I got him brick. Yeah, they know who hit me and Barbie bitch. And I'm bad like the Barbie. I'm a doll, but I still wanna party. Pink felt like I'm ready to bend. I'm a ten, so I pull in a can. Like. Such a big tune. It's and then like Barbie. It's mad how like the the film is what like a thirteen or twelve rating, mm. and this song is like Nikki's talking about like Ken making her. Scream. Well, they can't. They don't play it in the actual film. Only right afterwards. They pay the credit. I'm going to the gynecologist. Yeah. Also, and this will be. We just want to warn you now. This is not a spoiler-free episode. Oh, we yes. We will be God. talking about major heavy, points, heavy, heavy spoilers spoiler warning, like. from now on because this is now going to be us getting into the Barbie film. From now on, heavy, heavy spoilers. spoilers. If you haven't watched it. Frankly, we don't want you listening to our podcast. <laughs> but don't listen anymore if you don't want spoilers. Yes. Come also, back to it afterwards. Can I just say about that song? It's like a classic grime beat. Yeah, it's wild. In you such an interesting this. way. Like, Pop Smoke is like, wished. Wished. Wished he'd wished be produced he that this. beat. It's so wild. It's like, hard. It's so crazy that that's a Barbie beat. I'm obsessed with it. The whole Barbie album as a whole, I think, is 
quite iconic. Well, that brings us to what we are, instead of doing slays and flops of the week generally, we are going to do segments today of slays and flops of the Barbie, of the Barbie film. film. Yeah. So I think we are starting with our slays. We said, over, we both came out of the cinema and we were like, we have so many thoughts. And I was, I asked Sadie immediately, like, what would you give it out of 10? And we both said the same seven. thing. We both said a solid seven. Mm. Like, it was a really, like, over, we're going to talk about, like, why we've docked some points later on. That's that's for the flop section. Let's keep it positive But, like, right in now. general, it was, we had a great time. We were giggling the whole time. It was a very, very Funny. fun and campy viewing experience. Like, it was camp, it was very, like, relatable. My favourite parts of the film like the opening um like i love it when she's in the car and she's like yay space i also um, just think they like marketing wise set themselves up so well to have an audience that was so excited to be there because we were even like a week late in seeing it and we the were it was, was still packed with people in all pink and it was like it we were giggling like the gags of it was very self-aware sublime that was the <laughs> best part of it and I saw in an interview um, the sublime line was completely improvised every single take <laughs> he said something different and none of them knew what it was going to be at one point he said something like my sweet girl <laughs> what we need and I'm telling you Mattel Greta Gerwig this is directly to you can you please release an extended cut please. of all the takes of what Ryan Gosling well, did if we're starting with slays because don't get me wrong, when it comes to Ken, we've got he was so good that we've got a lot of thoughts for the flop About section. That. But in the sleigh section, Ken my is like, God. Ryan Gosling kills the it. perfect Ken. It he was, was born good to be Ken. Because like Ryan Gosling has always been like since the notebook, he's been a heartthrob, right? Mm. And like he's if you watch his interviews from like the beginning of his career, he's always been a funny and goofy guy. And what I like about this role is that it's allowed Ryan Gosling to just be funny. Not like a hot guy being funny or a love interest being funny. Like he's the comic like relief Genius. of the film. And every time he came up on screen, the facial expressions you said to the me the facial expressions we from, from literally dot, like, just the first shot of him where he like sees Barbie and he's like oh my hi God. Barbie and, uh, 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 it's just like the exact face of like a two year old who's like why are you talking to my mum like he, <laughs> he just killed it honestly I, I can't believe how perfect he was like I, I knew that he was going to kill it from like all the press around him before absolutely and the interviews he's been doing are ridiculous and what I really liked about most of the dialogue of the film actually and you could see it a lot in the beginning sequences I really enjoyed how all the characters did like the kid speak so well mm. I'm gonna beat you off now I'm gonna beat you off it's the way that they spoke like little boys like it sounds bad like they spoke like no, kids they, playing with Barbies yeah exactly and playing with action man you don't even know how to beat me off I'm gonna beat you <laughs> off and then Barbie's like no I'm gonna beat you off harder my job's not even surfing you know it's, it's just a, beach it's just beach I'm not claiming oh to be so Ken. Ken discovering the patriarchy was so masterfully done. When he goes in... to the library, he's like, it's where all men and horses rule the world. And he goes back and tells the Kens, and they're like, this is sick. Because there's no part of me that thinks that the way they did discuss patriarchy in the film was masterfully done. But the way they discussed Ken, Ken coming across yeah. it was just so perfect. It was great. Like, that his thoughtful expressions of like, oh... Horses. Horses. M m money with men on it. The Kendom was great. Like, it was camp. It's my Mojo Dojo Casa House. <laughs> yeah, Bobby, it's my Mojo Dojo Casa my House. My Mojo Dojo Casa House. I'm saying that now. Like, if I ever go on a date and, like, do you want to come back to my Mojo Dojo, my Mojo Dojo Casa, Casa House, House later? Like, we both felt so seen by the guitar 
scene. Oh that's, my god. There's not a girl that's not been there. That's <laughs> like, like everyone, like any like twenty something year old girl in the cinema lost their shit. Well, if because you've like, ever you ever dated a man. Not even it's not even always men. It's not always like, a guitar either. I've had it with no. um uh, poetry. <laughs> you've had it with poetry. I've had it with uh, quote unquote mumble rap. It's just like it is so universally felt. And the bit where the, all, all the Barbies are made, and you go and he's explaining the Godfather, he's explaining mm. science, he's explaining things like being mansplained to is so real. I very recently had a man explaining macro and micronutrients to me. Oh my um, god, what's the difference? Big nutrients and small nutrients. Pretty much. Like, mm. I like, no, tell me more about my fitness pal and your your gym workout. because no, those nutrients are so tiny. They're so micro. Oh, you're so... Oh, no, oh, but you're, you're such a no. macro. <laughs> it's hilarious. I really enjoyed... For a kid's film, it did speak about, like, female relationships with men mm. quite a lot. Mm. And I think now we've like brushed over the Kennedy parts I think we should talk about the good parts of womanhood that they touched on um what I mean before we even get into like the themes of the actual film when it comes mm. to the Barbies can we talk about how amazing they all looked oh the my god the set design the style and the costume the makeup Just girl. the hair pieces because I even I was watching a TikTok earlier that was like of an extra bin yeah, Barbie the who bin she Barbie, I watched to. the exact same and TikTok. it's like even her like like her wig her makeup and her hair and outfit like were meticulous so, like meticulously yeah that it's just like the hair pieces that Margot wore in the film were just incredible and I loved like, as somebody wow. like I'm, I was in the cinema and I remember like, me too <laughs> no 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 I remember turning to Sadie when we go into Weird Bobby's house and like there was the discontinued Barbies and the dog. Mm. I literally said, I had that dog. Yeah. And like, I was telling, I need to talk to my sister about this. I don't know if she's seen the film yet or if she's listening. But Megan, if you remember this, that little dog, Barbie, there was a dog walker Barbie and it had a little pooper scooper and you fed the little pellet into the dog and then it shat the little pellet out as a poo. And it was the best toy ever. And there was that one with the TV on his back and like the way that- And like earring can. Earring magic can, which I, could talk about in depth but I don't think I should because I'll take 20 minutes we could talk do you think he's a flop do you think he's a slayer no Earring Magic Ken is a galactic slayer talk about it do it do it let him cook the point I'm making is the way that all the Barbies from our childhoods are instantly recognisable through Mm. the hairing and costuming is great but Earring Magic Ken I'm going to go on a tangent here so I don't know it was like it was like the late 90s and Mattel wanted to make Ken cool again right so what they did also all this information I've gained from TikTok so please don't take it as gospel Um, but they wanted to make Ken cool again because nobody was buying Kens like everybody had one Ken so they went around New York um, to see what all the cool kids were wearing and they I think unknowingly just went to all the gay clubs and all the cool people in New York were queer in the late 90s like they were cool and queer and like the like club kid scene etc etc so they made they made they made an earring magic Barbie and she just had these like swaggy little earrings and then earring magic Ken I implore you all to Google a picture of earring magic Ken right now and you will see. Give me my phone. <laughs> do you want to? I'll, I'll search earring magic Ken for you. Here we go, earring magic Ken. Ah. Oh. So you'll see he's wearing right these cargo pants. He's wearing a lilac mesh t-shirt a and a leather vest. Necklace. Yeah, and so he's got one earring in and he's got a cock ring necklace. They didn't oh know it was a cock ring. They just thought that all the cool guys in New York City were wearing There's these There's no world in which they marketed this and thought this was a straight it got dis- It got discontinued. This is so If you go wild, on the Wikipedia guys, page. Please look him up. If I would go, wear his outfit. It's Earring Magic Ken, also known as Gay Ken <laughs> and Fake Ken. 
And what, Ken? Faye. Oh it's God, the highest selling Ken doll of all time because all the gay men were like, this Ken has a cock ring I need here. Yeah. Um, is it the highest selling Ken doll of all time? Yes, it is. But it was, it, it, the fact that it was so short lived and also the highest selling or one of the highest selling is pretty crazy. And I love that they nodded to him in the film in the discontinued scene in Weird Barbie's house. Very fun. I liked Weird Barbie. I think there's some more stuff I would want to see. Sorry, I'm not good at keeping it slay. I liked Weird Barbie. I thought it was like definitely a testament to like the the way that like you would play with Barbies. You always had that one. Like most of my Barbies were pristine and beautiful and magic, but then we always had that one that we'd cut their I hair off. I never really had Barbies. I'll tell you what, me and my sister were obsessed. It's bad and it's been bad for me in the future but me and my sister used to watch a lot of America's Next Top Model when we were kids oh god and what we did our weird Barbie was you know in America's Next Top Model they do the makeover day yeah and they give them all haircuts I'm making you black for we did that to one of our Barbies we just cut all our hair off and she had the spiky hair like Kate McKinnon because we were like makeover day and my mum was like I just spent money on that Barbie for you and we were like yeah but she's America's Next Top Model Tyra just treated the girls like Barbies Oh my god, I could talk to about America's Next Top Model. black heritage. It's like a white girl We're making you Chinese <laughs> all day. Look, that was a wild episode of America's Next Top Model. Anyway, more Barbie slaves. <laughs> more Barbie slaves. The actual casting of different Barbies. There were some amazing Barbies in the film. Like, who's to... Ah, oh, I mean, President Barbie. Yeah, Issa Rae. She was we amazing. We had Sharon Rooney as lawyer Barbie. Shout out. Um, Harry Neff is incredible. They had a trans mm-hmm. woman uh, as a Barbie with no winks or nods. She was just yeah, a Barbie. Yeah, I like the fact that that was never flagged as like, oh, look, same or like, with like, oh, am I a Barbie? Like, same with Sharon Rooney because she is like a plus size, quote yeah, unquote, and there actress. Were, it and there was, was never no like self-congratulation she about was, the different types she of Barbies. She was doing the romance scenes with the Kens the same as everyone else. Which it they was do never better a, than like, Ella's done plus size Barbies because Mattel plus size Barbies are actually just like slim thick Barbies. They're like my size. They look like Kim Kardashian. Real, yeah. Like, like... Mid, they're just mid-sized Barbies. There was a Barbie in a wheelchair. Like the diversity was really yeah. great across the Barbies and the Kens. And I also I do like the fact that like obviously it was all exaggerated, but it was just like yeah, obviously that's President Barbie. Like there was no, there was no like, isn't it so crazy? Yeah. Like they did the diversity of the Barbies really well, and the actual set pieces were just so. So you know the little transport scenes. Yeah. Where they go on all the like the moped, the ski thing, uh-huh. the camera. None of that is CGI. Is it not? None of it. If you watch oh, the behind the scenes videos, they literally make it all out of paper. Like, so if you see something moving, there's a crew member using a pulley, which makes um, it so immersive because it really is like this is something paper that a dolls. kid could have made. Yeah, exactly. It's great. The the kind of inner child stuff I thought was very sweet. What do we think about Alan? Alan, I love Michael Cera so much. Alan is an ally. I I don't like the take that people are like Alan represents non-binary people. Because I honestly think, like, if that is actually meant to be the case, that's lazy from the film. Oh, makers. absolutely. But I do, I, I did just love Alan. I think Alan I kind of represents so the kind of, like, guys who aren't mask. Mm. Or, like, the kind of guys who felt a bit, like, left out from the boys in school and stuff. Or, like, anyone, because he's the only person in the world that didn't have anyone that was he's, like There's him. only one Alan. He's just, like, he's the other. And, like, we've all felt like an yeah. Alan. I think I might be an Alan. We've all been Alans. We and it's crazy how like Alan was the strongest of all because mm. he fought all the Kens when escaping Barbie World. So you want a piece of Alan? <laughs> I do. Michael Cera, I yeah, love him. Yeah, I love a piece of Alan. They kind of did him dirty with that makeup though. Yeah, he didn't look great. He looked caked. But I thought like that was maybe a point. Yeah, I mean, I guess he couldn't have been like if if we left that 
um, film when we were like, fuck me, like, Alan, like... Alan's fine. He is a, a, bit of me. a hot slab of meat. Like, that would have been the wrong message. For I him. think that would have been the wrong message. I think that's what I wanted to do with Alan. And to be honest, like, everyone... Like, the Barbies all were so gorgeous. Like, yeah, I love that Emma Mackey was in it because apparently she was cast because of all the comparisons to her. Yeah, looking but then like Margot actually Robbie. she didn't look like Margot in the film because they styled them very differently. Oh, gorgeous! Who Everybody was Emma Mackey again? I'm trying to. I know she was brunette. Emma Mackey was um, uh, Nobel Prize in Physics Barbie. She uh, wears yeah, mint yeah, green. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her outfit was my favorite. Um, the little mint green like skater girl dress with the was little. I'm trying to think headband. what my favorite outfit was. That's such a tough one. Oh, the cowboy one. The cowboy outfits. I have to say, if I'm being honest about like what I would wear, it's Ken and his faux mink. Like, that <laughs> oh is my what God, I would wear. yes. Oh, no, I think you dress like Weird Barbie. Hey. Weird Barbie, Seth Ken. I'm wearing your clothes right now. Yeah, and you look so much better in it than I me. I look I'm so really cute. Upset. You look jumping, so guys. cute. Kat's the best stylist ever. And she doesn't even want it back. It's a crazy <laughs> thing. She's so generous and great. <laughs> I literally gave you a bag of other clothes that you could keep yesterday. Yeah, Kat's the best boyfriend ever. I'm the best boyfriend ever. I borrowed this jumper after she made me dinner. Do I have Kennedy for you? I feel like I do worship you a little bit. I think I've got Kennedy for you. Oh. Whenever, I, whenever I see Kat, like oh, when we worked every... next door to each other. <laughs> whenever Kat would come out of work, when we literally worked next door to each other, I knew she'd be there. I'd be like, oh my oh, God! It's you! Kat. I do think we have Kennedy for each other. We've got mutual Kennedy. We've got mutual Kennedy. Um, but Ken was a villain in the film mm, I mean I've got a lot to talk about in the flop section mm, I not think me too. for Ken in that I think he was portrayed so well but maybe for Ken is in, the, in the writing portrayed so well in the writing yeah, yeah. I know any of the highlights from the film for I mean, you I feel like there's so many more flops the pride and prejudice bit you really enjoyed oh my god just because you laughed a little too hard oh at that bit god. <laughs> it's because it's so real like my being depressed and watching specifically the BBC Colin Firth Pride and Prejudice Yeah, we don't want series. the Matthew McFadden one. Nah, nah. If, you, if it's not like eight parts long with Colin Firth, no, Walking I don't Walking out with his wet shirt. Like, I, I, I did feel a little bit too seen by that. Far too seen. Also, I hate that my favourite line from the film was the Jamie Dimitri line. Oh, you know, um, that bit what did he say? Because it's us, right? Was it a podcast hosted by... Two Wise Trees. It's because Will Ferrell was like, a world that you couldn't imagine. And Jamie Dimitri just pauses and he's like, oh, um, a podcast hosted by two wise trees. A choir made of 2,000 young fathers. <laughs> Something Incredible. Because me. me and Sadie already are a bit obsessed with Demi- Jamie Dimitri's character in Fleabag. You lie. We quote, no, you lie. You've got one you right now. No, you lie. Never going to get it. This kind of thing doesn't normally happen, does it? <laughs> Parents love me. I think Jamie Dimitri is great. He was great in the film. I think Connor Swindell was weird also great. Weird the American, though. Yeah, it's weird that all the British Barbies... Um, like, there was a lot of British... But no one, did anyone have a British accent? No, nobody, not even Nicola Coughlin, not, Nicola Coughlin didn't speak in Iceland, Margaret Robbie didn't speak Australian. Barbie is fundamentally the American dream girl. Yeah, that's very true, I guess it would have been wrong. I think that the reason that part, this is more flops though, but I'm going to say it now because we're on the subject, I think Mm. the way that Barbie is so Americanised, even though there's a lot of British actors, I think that the fact that it was Americanised and catered to an American audience meant that some things didn't quite read to us as well because it was a bit too on the nose i don't know if i agree with that though because i think we're so used to being fed american pop content culture. and media very true very true 
I just can't get over the podcast hosted by two wise children. Because we are two wise children. I think that's so. I think, I think we should be like Firm FM colon a podcast hosted by two wise children. Because you're such a wise tree. You've got Do wise you tree energy. But like a Christmas tree. Oh, thank you. I like having ornaments. Yeah, We're both very them. ornamental mm. girls. In ornamental worlds. I'm trying to think of more snows. I feel like I should have written notes, but I just knew I would just start. Yeah, talking. I feel like the best way to talk about movies like this is just to kind of be like, I loved it when, and like. What are scenes that we really enjoyed? Sublime was my fave. Sublime! Um, <laughs> just the detail in that, like the stock image of a horse playing in every kennel. <laughs> oh, incredible. I think what we should talk about was I thought it was a sleigh. Um, I thought it was a partial sleigh, and I will get onto why I didn't like this that much in the flops. Mm-hmm. But um, America Ferrara, her monologue, that was when I shed a tear in the film about the trials of being a woman. See, I really actually don't think I enjoyed that. I'm, I'm going to talk about that in the flops. I've got a lot of issues with it. I thought that for what it was for a Mattel film, a very corporate, obvious corporate film, mm. marketed towards young girls, it's a it's a family film technically, I think that it was a pretty powerful delivery of a pretty mediocrely written speech. I think that, yeah, her delivery, that is very That's true. That's what I'm saying. She, she did a really good job with, because the mother-daughter stuff We've got needed to a lot more. On it. But yeah, yeah her, her delivery is great. She's an amazing actress. Oh, she's fab. Really she was one of the highlights her. of the film for me, just being there and her character was great. And What's cute as well is that the, the like cuts to her husband that were just him on Duolingo, that's her real life husband. Is that actually? <laughs> is that actually? I love that because he was hilarious. <laughs> he was hilarious. Oh, because he was so Ken. I think the overall good points because we we, it sounds like we've got a lot of negative things to say later on but I think we did have a very fun time and we came out being like this was fun Mm. I enjoyed it and the whole cinema had a very fun time it was a good vibe it was very nice seeing all the 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 communal thing of all the girls coming to see Mm. Barbie together like we knew I remember I was walking through town because I was working on opening night I was walking through town and Odeon was packed and everyone around me was wearing pink it was great and people had been coming into my work Um, a group of girls came in and they were all wearing pink and they all had printed their own matching Barbie t-shirts Aww. and I was like oh my god are you guys going to That's see Barbie so cute. I've got um I'm currently, I do like the way it's brought us together in a sense yeah. of way like as a society I'm currently sporting a decapitated Barbie head earring and anytime somebody mentions it to me when I'm at work um I'll always mention like oh my god have you seen the film and like, I always have a really nice chat with customers about Barbie through it like everyone's obsessed with it it's really cute my housemate Bradley who's a poet Shout out Bradley and Mr. Blue. Wrote a really cute oh, little poem. This. this brought tears to my when eyes. When he went to see Barbenheimer, um, it's just it's just a really short poem about like the way that like society has been so excited just because two films have come out at the same time and it's made us be so silly. And this is the poem: All the pink dresses and black fedoras are sold out in Primark. I love when the world brackets humanity does something ridiculous brackets beautiful that's it I just thought that really sums up like the just what's been going on I was doing research for um, Barbie um, in preparation for this episode and Barbenheimer as a cultural phenomenon has its own Wikipedia page isn't that wild yeah I mean it's one of those it's like it's very rare that two big films come out at the same time These are, and they're so they're so polar opposites like you're either twin like films are a big phenomenon where like something around the same thing will come out like ants and bugs life oh i've watched a video on the rodent films of the of 2007 
Because um, like in an eighteen month period, four massive rodent animated films. Don't, come I don't out. want to talk about it. It's the worst time of my life. I've got a phobia of rats. Oh uh, yeah, it's every, pretty bad. Every for you. turn. But yeah, like these are such different films. I love Barbenheimer as a phenomenon. Like we've, by the way, both of us haven't seen Oppenheimer. Should we do an Oppenheimer special? I don't know. Like I'm just a girl, and well, I'm just a girl. Kind of I can't sit still for three and a half hours. Where is the that? pink? And what did he even invent? And I can't spell his name. <laughs> o P I N H Y M E R. I barely even know it. Oppenheimer. I don't know. I kind of want to see it, but like I'm not. I think so... I'm gonna wait till it's like on streaming services because I need to watch it in like I, the reason I didn't like Avatar when I first watched it because I watched it all in one go. But when I watched it in like three hour long kind of episodes, I enjoyed mm. it a lot more. But I just I also just think. I've heard it's an amazing film. I'm sure it's an amazing film, but actually, with the genuine real life damage that has come from like nuclear weaponry, yeah. I don't really want to see a film that's like. But what about how the guy behind the it? <laughs> what about, about the guy behind like, it? I actually, like, I actually don't care. I think it's a very interesting character to have studied, and that's why I want to see it because I think I suppose like so. But I just think about like all the real world harm, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I, oh, sorry that you look a bit weird. Did they bully you in school? Well, and yeah. you were like, I'll show them. <laughs> I'll show them. <laughs> Oh no, I invented something destructive and they're going to use it? They're going to use it? How dare you? But then again, like, Barbie was also a corporate cash grab, as oh, fun absolutely. and slow as it was. So, absolutely. you know, there's no innocent way to see a film anymore. And that's yeah. the moral of it. But you know what is causes no harm as podcasts? Mm. Nothing cause harm, mm. causes mm. harm like podcasts. And speaking of our podcast, we also are planning on playing some music in this episode, as always. And we thought that for our next, like, Themed, themed pick, pick yeah. because of everything we were talking about with Barbie and childhood, we wanted to pick songs that made us think of like childhood and girlhood and nostalgia. Yes. I think I've kind of done a different route with my song. We went in quite different directions, yeah. I'll talk about mine. I think yours is more the theme. I kind of went with more girlhood slash womanhood slash objectification. But you went for like happy childhood vibes with a great song. Tell us about your song, Sadie. So the song I picked is from we've played her plenty of times before. One of our mutual Best faves ever. Whose new album is finally? Oh my god, out it this is month, this so month. Excited on the eleventh. That's in like a week. I know. I can't. I'll I can't stop talk this. About it. Okay, this is very but, exciting news. So the song I've chosen is a no-name song called Diddy Bop from her debut album Telephone in 2016. It's her and also produced by um, Felix and Camo Brew and also featuring Rory. So like, there's some men on it. But it's just I like- I love the song. Even though it's not like a song that I heard when I was really young, it really feels very nostalgic for me. Yes. Like I was like 14 maybe when I heard this song. But it's just the way, the song is called Diddy Bop, which is like a like dance that was really popular in the 90s. So it's kind of like about her childhood in the 90s. And it's one of those songs where, like, she is speaking about, like, you know, the, like, socioeconomic reality of, like, growing up black and poor in Chicago. But it's also just, like, layered over that. It's just, like, it's a summer. It's community. In Chicago. There's community. There's love. And that 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 song just feels like such a, like, whatever happens, like, we're dancing on a sunny day and it's so nice. 
I like it. Just is such a such a lovely. lovely I song. love this song. Run, run, run! I sang it to Cat's cat. Well, Cat's housemate, Cat Chili, last week. Yeah. And she um, would only stop getting annoyed at me if I sang Chili Bop. Neighborhood hit the Chili Bop. Chili Bop. I think we should make that a, a dance trend. And I think it's interesting as well because so it was produced by one of the featuring artists, Cam O'Brien who was like, before this, I'd just produce beats and give them to artists and not seen like the artistry of it. But he features on it and he was like, oh my God, it's the first time that I've like been on a track. And he said, it was weird hearing myself back. I sound like a little boy in an interview. But it, they kind of do. Cause and there's I like, like a that's the kind of point of the song. song. Yeah. Cause there's lyrics that are like, mama says come home from yeah. the street lights do. And it's just like, you're a kid, you're playing outside and it's nice. The first time I saw her sing this live, this is her biggest song, by the way. It's like great. Would you say it's her biggest song? I'd say this song. is her biggest song. Maybe um, self. Yeah, but it's like you don't, you don't, you you don't forget the words to your biggest song. But when I saw her live for the first time, she was so stoned <laughs> that she got halfway through and she was like, "Run, run!" Oh, you guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I forgot how the song goes. I'm so high right now. I'm speak your truth, Queen. And I was in the crowd, like, real, real yes, fair, real. so fair. Should we yeah. hear it? This is just like a song that makes me think of childhood and dancing and it's yep. magical and No Name is just the most it's wonderful such a sunshine human in the world. I didn't even bother to give any context on No Name because if you listen to the show, you, you know should who know she who it is. Like, yeah. like an amazing producer, musician, singer, activist, rapper, activist, book club reader, writer, like oh, just like a wonderful human icon. being. Love of my life. Sorry, Kat. That's okay. I will happily step down for No Name. As we all should. Here's Diddy Bop by No Name. You know, like background, like in case we say anything really good. Okay. Off, off the Great song, and I'm immediately gonna make us all sad. <laughs> oh God, I forgot to even say how much I loved that song. Great song. Just one of the it most comes beautiful on at songs work in the whole time. World. And I boogie my little socks off every single time. I'll be making people's drinks, and I'll be like, <laughs> so cute. I, I'm so. We will be talking about it on the show when the new No Name comes out. Yeah, wow. absolutely. We might have to do like a Barbie special and then a No Name album drop it special. It's been so many years in the making. So I never many. thought she'd make music again. Because she, she said she happening. won't before. Well, um, she also. And it's so valid, no offense, but like she hates how many white people listen to her music. Yes. Or I think she, I think it's it's a frustrating position to be in when you make your money from touring. But then you're singing songs that are about your experience, and there's a lot of faces that white aren't crowd. yours in the crowd. Which is, and that's why, fair. unfortunately, I would not go with you to see No Name. And that's okay. I'm taking it not very personally. I'm taking a sip, but I just love her so much. Yeah, she's incredible. Incredible. We made eye contact once when I saw her last. Yeah, you guys are in love now. I think the wedding. She doesn't like follow me back or anything. <laughs> she's very hard to get. <clears throat> yeah. You guys want to like she's she's like a public figure. She's one yeah, fans. No, like, exactly. And I think probably like she thinks she's following me back and she's probably just probably just forgotten. Forgot, yeah. yeah. PR teams run her. Up, yeah, exactly. Know, like, like I was under eighteen at the time. It might be weird. It might be weird, but like now you guys are like in this relationship. 
sound like Mississippi Sippy Cup. Baby turn Bibby up, Henny invented the catalyst for happiness in my cup. This sound like kiddies on the playground, mama was running up. Ooh, you about to get your ass beat. This sound like niggas complaining when they bitches like Razzy. Be 2K in the stereo, we juke in the backseat. Or juke in the basement, in love with my case. Where's this feel like jumping in the pool and I'm knowing I can't swim? Ooh, you about to get your ass beat for stealing that $20. Like, baby, just ask me. Mama said she loved, loved, loved us. When the lights was off, we had to stay with cousins. Granny at the BBQ with Pity as husband. Summertime, city lights, shot town. My town, my town. After school matters, like I'm needing that stipend right now. Can the cup parking lot got caught with the blunt, like, wow, wow. Run, run, run. Mama say come home before the street lights do. Ice cream on my front porch and my new Fubu and my A1s too. Watching my happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the ditty This bar. This growing out my clothes. With stars in my pocket, dreaming about making my hood glow. This sound like every place I would go if I could fly. This feel like every summertime. Fall asleep dreaming about all the places I could go. And every one of them feels so close, still chasing time. And I am not a star, I am a meteor on a crash course towards Earth across the cosmos. Versus Perseus to the father of his birth to tell the truth that I'm his real son. Get blocked, I'm a built one. Get blocked, I'm a built two. Hope that you see it's a staircase. Still pray for a fair day where they give a fair race to the male Nate and the Dogons and the Essays and the Fairface. Keith H when I pill paint. Rain bars with a pink blue and a sea foam type of green hue make a clear space. Stop overreacting, it's past my curfew and my after six. Happily making my accident. Mama gon' whoop on my ass again. Pray that I'm making my way before eight and I might have to sneak in the back again. Hope that memorial trafficking. Hope that she's stopping for gas again. Girl, I just wanna relax again. Pray you gon' bring this shit back again. Pray you gon' bring this shit back again. Mama said come home before the street lights do Ice cream on my front porch and my new Fubu and my A1s too Watching my happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the ditty This sound like growing out my clothes With stars in my pocket, dreaming about making my hood glow This sound like every place I would go if I could fly This feel like every summertime Fall asleep dreaming about all the places I could go And every one of them feels so close, still chasing time. Watch your mind, happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the ditty bop. Mm, I don't want to jump. I don't want your mind happy. I don't want your mind happy. Ooh, ooh. I don't want to jump. Watch your mind happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the ditty bop. Is really sad. Yay! So, where Sadie went through like the childhood nostalgic, which I was originally going to go for, I was originally going to play a song by Kate Tunstall. Oh, um, but I may play that next week just because it's a really good song anyway. But then I was listening to this album um, by Julia Jacklin. Um, the album is Pre Pleasure. Pre Pre. Who is Pleasure? Julia Jacklin? So, Julia Jacklin is Australian singer songwriter. Um, I've chosen the song Ignore Tenderness from her 2022 album Pre Pleasure. Um, this whole album, I was listening to it and I was like, this album kind of encapsulates being like a woman in your 20s. And I think the part of the Barbie movie that I feel like this album made me 
associate with was mm-hmm. kind of like the loss of innocence mm. kind of thing like Barbie goes into the real world and she realises that men are creeps and objectify mm. you all the time and etc like it's pretty like standard s- stuff but Julia Jacklin's but it doesn't feel standard when you first experience absolutely it absolutely not kid. Julia Jackson's lyricism about girlhood and womanhood and sexuality and desire is so poignant and on the nose and beautiful um, the song I've chosen is Ignore Tenderness um, it's a song about sexuality and shame um, it's about kind of when you like come of age and become a woman and become like I don't know a single woman and you know you're doing all the woman things you're dating you're seeing people blah 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 and it's a case of like I hate doing all the women things oh it's the worst it's a case of like ignoring the tenderness that you desire mm. deep inside for being desired by a man mm. like you succumb yourself to like muting yourself and muting your desire for softness and warmth because I feel like as girls specifically I know I do and I know you do like mm. I have a desire for tenderness and I have a desire for softness and love and warmth yeah and we do kind of abandon that talk about it we abandon it's it it's almost like they said in the Barbie film like you you're meant to want this but you're not meant to ask for it like yes and this song makes me so emotional um it's about that it's about being told you know growing up your whole life and just immediately being objectified and being told that you're desired if you do xyz if you position yourself mm. it's like, like the cool girl monologue in gone girl kind of vibe. one of my favorite things one of my favorite things ever this song that needs to be one of, of our femme femme opening episodes oh my god we just need to precise femme femme watches all your favorite shows <laughs> exactly um but this song the verses are like about kind of the way that she feels she's been portrayed and perceived by men and then the chorus is this beautiful blossoming of like but leave no room for doubt that you are brave and you are soft and do not ignore the tenderness that you crave and it's just a beautiful song I love Julia Jacklin I love this album this is one of my favourite songs of all time and it's about being a girl god damn it it's so hard yeah this is Ignore Tenderness by Julia Jacklin I've been trying to be turned on by you be turned on by myself of headphones on right when pleasure begins my education creeps in i've been stripping right down staring at my own reflection ever since i was 13 i've been pulled in every direction such a good student of all that conflicting advice go put ice in your mouth let them slap you about go on choke yourself out Leave no room for doubt that you are brave Need the sheets are just a cave A plastic bucket or a grave Who said you know what you get, you know what you gave away I've been thinking back to when things went off track it's not what I wanted Is that why I feel haunted By something small Strong enough To destroy it all If I don't change soon Will it forever eclipse the moon That keeps me stable Away from all of that advice To put words in my mouth All those dreams 
so much the lyrics were so poignant I'm trying to pick out like ones that I really enjoyed but I just loved the whole thing a little leaf caught in a wave a little leaf caught in a wave you're just a cave strong but willing to be saved or a grave like it's it's just it's just so true such a beautiful song and it, it feels like really relevant to being a little kid and also just to like now being like told all through school like you're great you're gonna do great things and blah 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 um, and then ending up just being like, I don't know. It's, my mum's gonna be really upset when she listens to this. She's gonna be like, Cat, don't do this to yourself. Like, you're so much more than that. I know, mum. I, I love you. I know, thinks that I'm so much more than that, too. Oh my god, she definitely does. We're going on holiday together. Today. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> Ruth, if you're listening to this, I'm so excited to come hiking with you guys in Scotland. I, I, Cat's told me that I'm not allowed to wear my Dot Martins. So I no, we're not. We're not walking up. Like, so great. It would be yeah, so yeah. us to like go hike up a mountain in Scotland in Doc Martens, but we will be crying. Like it won't be fun. Yeah, I, I cry when I walk in the minute. Do you think we should do? I literally think we should. Um, even if we just did it on like our phones, it'd be really windy. Someone at work. I think we should record a at least a segment of FM when we go whilst hiking. At least yeah. like twenty I'm minutes. Of on, us. Guys, I'm going on Cat's family holiday because we're sisters. We're sisters. I'm so excited. My mum, my sister's bringing her boyfriend, and my mum was like, "Cat, you can bring someone you want." Like, like, I don't know if you see anyone at the moment. And I was like, fuck that. I'm bringing Me. Sadie. <laughs> so I'm bringing, I was like, I know exactly who I'm bringing off the bat. And I was like, Sadie, it's a year away. It's next May. I've never been invited <laughs> on someone's family holiday before. We're going to go like to family. Scotland. And we're going to have, we're going to have loads of dinner. And we're going to eat loads of I'm cheese so and crackers. I'm going to see so many beautiful sights. I've not been to Scotland since oh. I was a kid, man. I can't wait. Guys, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm just Kat's biggest fan. I, me and Kat were literally here yesterday having a long conversation about we just sit around and have conversations about either how much we love each other loving ourselves how cool, <laughs> <laughs> how cool we look or both at the same no. time Kat I love you so much well, I love man. you so and your outfit <laughs> thanks for the outfit what was na- our next oh segment oh god who knows was it flops I'm assuming it's flops oh god oh god okay get sadder Oh gosh, it's Hang not on. sad more. It's more kind of a, the thing I felt with Barbie. I left the cinema feeling like that was camp with an inner sense of frustration and unfulfillment. Mm. Do you know what? I feel like I'm gonna read out the text message I sent to someone as I'd just seen the film. 
because I think it sums up what my thoughts were immediately after getting out. Because we left and went to pee and I was like, I have so many thoughts. We had to go for a little bev and have a full mm. conflab, which is a word that I've recently introduced Sadie to. Yeah, I don't words. know how I feel about it. Conflab. conflab. I love it. I love it. Also, just while Sadie's <clears throat> finding this, I think what I'm going to ask you guys to do, if you had any thoughts, feelings, opinions on the Barbie film, please drop, drop them into message. our, because what we'll do next episode is we'll do a little follow-up segment where we talk about, unless no one sends us anything, then we won't do it, but if you guys have and any that opinions. that would be sad. That would be it? sad. That would be really sad. Because we really want this to be a discussion. I think Barbie is such a cultural phenomenon that I really want to get the vibe of what mm. the FMFM audience thinks. Um, and we'll talk about your guys' opinions for a little bit next episode. <clears throat> guys, if we have enough of you message us, we will do a FemFM Barbie screening. That's a guarantee for me. I will host it. Unless you're strangers, because I know there are people that, <laughs> I forget there are people we don't know. Yeah, like, we do house. this for our friends. Or, the... or if there's a lot of people that are genuine strangers, we'll go to the cinema. But yeah. like, we will do a FemFM we'll Barbie do a FMFM screening, screening if there's demand enough for it. And once it's on like streaming platforms or illegally downloadable, we get a projector. Oh, I, my housemate has a projector. Fuck yeah! Speaking of my housemate, I couldn't find the right message that I sent just after I saw the film, so I'm going to read out a message I sent to my housemate. Please talk. Because I just think my, these are my like first thoughts. Initial thoughts, <clears throat> yeah. I will say I absolutely had a good time. A very fun, campy viewing experience, but there were like strikingly evident moments of shallowness. Yes. Like shallowness in the sense that as an audience, we had speculated so much about themes it was quite jarring to see very few themes being explored in depth but also shallowness in the sense of slightly lazy storytelling too much unearned exposition it feels like only ken's scenes were the right length and the film could have just been longer and flowed better like the mum daughter stuff needed so much so more much depth more. But then again some of this is on us as an audience having projected a lot onto this pg-13 film but then again, my housemates hit for me a lot. <laughs> that was a fault of the marketing. Ryan Gosling was literally perfect, like strikingly perfect in a way that almost made me furious yes. because he shouldn't have been the best part. No, because he was. We left him and we were like, Ryan Gosling was incredible and I'm mad about that. The thing is, is I mean what I say when I think like every other scene could have been shorter. No, he sorry, every two. other scene could have been longer, but his scenes were perfect. He had two fully-fledged musical numbers and a fight scene. But I think then, I'm like, his scenes were perfect. Nothing needed to be added. He did so well. But then I think about... I think they like a lot of the marketing really made us think this was going to be like a very deep like look at womanhood. And one of the main bits of that was the mother-daughter stuff where half that story felt so unearned and rushed. So unearned and rushed. Like, they just... It was, like, pure exposition and nothing Angsty else. Angsty teenage daughter. Now she respects her mum. Yeah. Because they went on an adventure together. There was no show. There was just tell. You they watched hugged. it and you were almost like, did they cut something out here? Because like, they just hugged now everything's fine. Like, the relationship was great. Even just introducing the daughter, like, it could have been done so much better than... Guys, seriously, I'm don't talk angsty. to her. Talking She's to her mean. is gonna upset you. And then I'm she talking gets to you now when you're upset. I told you you were gonna be upset. Like when it's you kind smoke. of spelling it out to the audience's faces. I also feel like the bit immediately after that where she sits on the bench and she's looking around and mm. she sees like people laughing and crying and she sees emotions and she looks at that woman she's like you're beautiful and the woman's like I know. I thought that was a very touching scene. Why was it a minute long and why was it just like the thing that bothered me, and you said this, there was a lot like of that random... old lady can be beautiful, and she's so old and clapped, <laughs> and you can all be beautiful. It's like it's like 
the ending with I know it's her name's not Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but I'm calling her that. I can't think it's Ruth something, so I'm gonna call her Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the creator I'm of Barbie, it up because I'm not letting you say that. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg leads Barbie into this white thing, and then just a random montage of random women. Yeah, I, I was don't like, understand. What the hell is this? So many people are like, I cried at that montage. Like, why? It was just a montage of, of random, random women. women. I feel like it was clip completely art videos unearned because that. There wasn't enough like, this is what Barbie means to women for that to feel earned. There weren't even Barbies in that much of the montage. We don't know who these women were. You can't always just put a montage at the end of the film and it works. That's not always the case. I love Greta Gerwig. I love Little Women, I love Lady Bird, two of my favourite films. This right? is what I was saying to you though about Greta, because I love her. Yes, and you, I completely agree with you on this point. But she, because we were all like, but she just does themes of feminism so well. And she does, but I think we forget that it, like it's very white-centric feminism because there was no reason to pick up on anything different in films like Lady Bird. There was no reason in a period piece like Little Women to be like, you need to be more intersexual in your feminism. But it really shows when you've got like a diverse cast like of Barbies Barbie. and you're like, feminism is women can be thin and mums yes. and job. So the the monologue, because we all we were waiting, we, everyone in the cinema was waiting for the Greta Gerwig monologue. Mm. And that, um, the mum one, it was really well delivered. Yeah, you're by right, America, actually, it was really well but, delivered. But like, it's femi- It's the first page of your Feminism 101 book. Literally like, I have a job and I need to be thin. And I need to be caring and also brave, but I'm not bossy. And I like being a mum. But I can't talk about my kids all the time. I can't be too thin and too fat. I have to take accountability for men's actions, but also emotionally support them. Like, we know this. But then again, I do have to say, we didn't expect Barbie, the PG-13 film, to be a feminist manifesto. No, but, but that's it why could I think the marketing so might have been misleading. I agree. It's also, I don't know. I saw a TikTok that was someone talking about how they included so many discontinued Barbies but none of the Native American Barbies. And the only Native American reference was a really actually quite offensive one that was like, Barbie land now is like when the Native Americans got invaded by smallpox. Mm. And like she said that she found that awful. Yeah, there was just a kind of tone deafness, surface level feminism about it. Where it's like, you can't just be like, women, it's hard being women, so be nice to us. It should be like, let's actually talk about mm. Yeah. The deeper stuff. Like, I know that sounds vague of me to say, but you know what I mean? I think it's also just like, I don't like the fact that they, like, the moral of the film was like, Ken is underappreciated in Barbie world and that is not good. And that's a parallel to women being unappreciated. Oh, it's a parallel to women in society. But the way that it played out. The parallel was too, like, I don't know. The parallel was. But because Ken was so fleshed out, I didn't think like, yeah, that's what it's like for women. I was just like, that is what it's like for Ken and that is so sad. Yeah, I think that the fact that they showed patriarchy through the eyes of Ken was in part a clever move, like what if the roles were reversed? Mm. But the only real bit we saw of Barbie experiencing the real patriarchy in the real world was when she was rollerblading for two minutes. I've also got to say the Mattel stuff actually really rubbed me up the wrong way. Well, like the corporate characters. Because it's like, I, I really don't like when films and TV do lampshading, but without any payoff. 
like because they just fr- put a spotlight on like oh my god all these corporate companies are run by men and men make all the decisions and it's so crazy because they're appealing to women but it's just all white men it's like you can't just lampshade well, that where's the payoff for that and it's like but it's but that's just true and you're it's Mattel true, and that's know. literally true we know like if you're going to be self-aware and you're making the money from this film they're self-aware at the beginning and they don't follow through with the self-awareness they're like haha we're criticising ourselves but like not really like even at the end they're just like oh intersectionality pays money and that's like it for them that's the ending like it just the 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 storyline and the kind of messages just like felt a bit obvious and fell really short to me but to be fair I went into that film and I was like you know, womanhood is a complex thing. And and then I left the film and I was like, I could be thin and have a job and be a mum or not. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting though, because I was speaking to um, somebody at work and she didn't like the Barbie film, but for kind of an opposite reason, she she didn't like the fact that it tried to be deep at all. She was like, I wanted Mm. a fun film. A lot of people do feel that way. And I was like, yeah, the Barbie movie didn't have to be a feminist manifesto. And I believe that. And I think if the Barbie film was just fun and camp, I would have been happy with it. But I also think that at the, 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 the cultural significance that Barbie has for women and girls is mm. they had to at least do something with it. That's I'm true. on the side where I wish they did more. She's on the side where I wish they did less. Because she was I like, the stuff they did do wasn't ground. good. Yeah, because actually, like, we're complaining, but they're, like, they did you hear of straight men who were so shook by the Like, Ben Shapiro is raging. Yeah. It's hilarious. Like, actually, like, I guess what they did was a good job of palatable feminism that made Very people palatable. be like, this is... I could be thin in a, another job. It's a main... Sh- it's one of the biggest films ever. Yeah. And, like, like they that. had to make it accessible and, like you say, palatable. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, like, they were successful in that. At the end of the day, like, it's a PG-13, like... It's a Barbie film. It's a film about a toy, like... I do think they... I guess they did well with what they had in that sense, but I'm also, like, I don't want to say they did well with what they had with one of the, like, biggest budgets. I think if the film was half an hour longer, with more scenes developing, Barbie's emotional... Mm. What I wanted to see, and I'm really mad we didn't get to see it, is into Barbie conflicts. There was Barbie versus Ken. I wanted to see, like inter-womanhood conflict. I think that's a real... Like, it's not a case of all the all the women band together and are strong as one. It's not true. Because that... Yeah, that's also not completely real. It's not real. Like, the only inter-Barbie conflict was over Ken's. And I think and that's... That and I think that test. is Greta Gerwig's white middle-class feminism creeping mm. through because she's like, women are strong together. It's like, you can say that because you're, like... You're strong... On the top of the food chain, women. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think as well, even outside of, like, the nuance of the themes, I think they just could have done a better job at, like, fleshing out the script so that the human characters seemed like human characters. I agree. Like, the mum-daughter stuff was a real letdown to me. It was like, she draws depressed Barbie, and that was it. Like, we didn't actually get to see any of her turmoil, apart Mm. from that mediocre speech. Or even just that, like, it just didn't feel like how a teenage kid would talk. You can't tell me that the conversation would be like, you think you're Barbie? Oh, you're a fascist! Like, yeah, what? that was like nobody speaks like that. They'd be like, why are you on my school property? Like, <laughs> you are so. Sca- what would you do, Gen- genuinely? If we were just like sat, like having a cig outside, and someone came up to us and was like, looking oh, like Margot Robbie, I'd probably compliment her outfit. Yeah, so and yeah, like, yeah, was that pretty good? <laughs> yeah, I think 
the way that they made it palatable, they did compromise a lot of the actual mm. deeper stuff. And I understand it. I wish they hadn't have done it. I think that's a compromise I think you should have been willing to make. I'm sorry. I didn't have anything to say. I think, I think if you're going to make no, this film and you had to choose between like hitting a bit harder or being easier to make money off of and get viewers mm. and audiences uh, but then again the trailers did make it seem like it was going to be deeper yeah and to a certain extent like regardless of what happened in the film there were always going to be ticket sales the way they marketed it oh like, yeah they could have actually the, done anything the, the brand collaborations that barbie have done every store has a barbie line as barbie, any barbie products? um i have not bought any barbie products apart I from like, this i like your fun earrings though. this actually though my earring i don't know if you can see it says well, uh, describe disney. it to the listeners it's oh, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a blonde barbie with no hair but i think it's a cinderella doll from disney because it says disney uh it doesn't say barbie or mattel so i think it's not actually a barbie head it's oh, a cinderella head I never, I was always a, I had like no Barbies, a brat, and but I was mostly Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love that for you. I, me and my sister were big, because me and my sister loved the animated Barbie films. So I had I like, like the Mariposa the doll. We had the, we had, you know the, the 12 Dancing Princesses film? Mm-hmm. We had the twin sisters who were dancers and you could like bend their legs and stuff. We had the pooping one. We See, did have, had brothers. we did have Bratz Forever Diamonds dolls with the cool jeans oh, and the yeah, Bratz yeah. fairy ones. Yeah. Um, I liked the Barbie computer games. At my work, we've got um, Barbie games on the consoles now. Um, our games tech has put them on all of our consoles. Which that sounds really so fun. fun. I really want to play one. Uh, they're terrible. We'll do it really after bad. the Barbie viewing if enough people want to do it. Um, do yeah. we have any more flops, like speedrunner flops? I think the flops... Too Long didn't read on the flops was why was Ken the main character? He did such a good job, but he just got too much screen time. Why did Barbie apologise to Ken at the end? Why was Ken's character mm. growth the biggest? And also, why was the feminism so basic? I will also say, I think there was a degree of tokenism in that. Like you were saying about like how there were plus-size Barbies, but there were two, and between them they had five lines. Like, I think the Barbies that got the most screen time were, like, the really, like, generically Skinny girls, yeah, yeah, pretty girls. I also, again, with the lampshading, it's like, I I think, like, sometimes you could just make more effort to make a point. Like, when the narrator was like, Margot Robbie might not have been the best woman to prove that she feels ugly. It's like, well, maybe then there was a better way to make that point instead of just, like, slapping in, like, oh, yeah, like, this... There was a lot of tell don't show going on in the film mm-hmm. we, Barbie said something and we were like oh there's her emotional growth we didn't see it we were told it I've just grown emotionally and we were like we just okay because she was just she spent a lot, lot of the film listing emotions like I feel self conscious I feel ugly I feel existential it's like show us then mm. rather than just saying it and show us how you got there I don't know what did you think about this stuff with not Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, I liked the little scene in the bottom where she goes and sits down and has a cup of tea with her. That's very cute. Mm. I didn't... I hated the... I liked the final line. I hated the ending. The ending, ending. We really liked the ending that was like when she was... Because we thought she was like going to a job interview. Yeah, I'm here to see my gynecologist. And I'm back like a Barbie. I'm a dog, but I still want to party. But before that, the ending ending felt so lazy and like they awful, just awful, decided awful. on an ending at the last I minute. didn't understand why Barbie's conclusion was to become a human anyone who's spoiler alert for the good place anyone who's seen the good place that is just the end of the good place and it pisses me off like it felt really unoriginal 
it didn't it didn't feel like any, any payoff any of the plot points were worth it and it didn't even make sense because it was like Barbie went to the human world and was like I just want to be back in Barbie land I don't know why, why she, she want to go back so she had feelings so she gets a pussy it's not all that it's not all that for real okay any final final flops before we go on to our our next song I think we've kind of covered the reason we came out of the film feeling like it was camp but unsatisfied but yeah ultimately like I still really loved it I would definitely see it again and I will at our Barbie viewing but like yeah there some of it just could have been done better but I do think one of the sleighs was the Billie Eilish original song, which we are going to play for you now. Yeah, we were like, what other song from the soundtrack should we play this week? And that's the one that stood out, because it is just really It's a, a wonderful song. song. And the story behind it is that Greta Gerwig showed Billie Eilish and Phineas uh, like 30 minutes of footage from the film, and then they kind of wrote this song in one night. I've got a little quote from Billie. Ooh. And um, they'd written the song... Um, after a long writer's block together and Billy said um, I did not think about myself once in the writing process I was purely inspired by this movie and this character and the way I thought she would feel and wrote about that and then over the next couple of days I was listening and I was like girl how did this honestly I really don't mean this to come off a conceited way at all but I do this thing where I make stuff that I don't even know it's like I'm writing for myself and I don't even know it mm. terrible quote like she it was a badly worded quote. <laughs> uh, Billy, get yourself together. You call yourself but a writer. I, do, I just want to say, I do you find it interesting how I feel like this song um, encapsulates Barbie's emotional growth more than anything that Barbie did in the film? I felt more emotional also, connection to this song than the film showed me. Like, Greta Gerwig has an amazing talent for putting some kind of spell on people that makes them just become Barbie. Because Ken's interviews are like, it's like he one is day Ken. Greta picked me up and I was the discarded Ken. And then Ken Brian Gosling's interviews are hilarious. I'm really worried that she's done some kind of hypnotherapy where a she's r- just irreversible gotten, damage. Like, Bill, Ryan, not Bill, Billy. Billy, <laughs> Ryan, everyone, you're Barbie. You're Think Barbie. like Barbie, act like Barbie, write a song, you're Barbie. But it's a beautiful song. It's lovely. And I think that the kind of idea of... Barbie's existentialism it's better portrayed in the song than I feel like it was in the film I think you're right um, I think Billie Eilish did a really great job with this and I think there's no inner monologue in the film no and I wish we had more of their feelings expressed other than just close up shots of a single tear and mm. some montages laid over the front but this is a really beautiful song the music video was wonderful I think it says a lot about Billie Eilish personally as well oh I haven't seen her growth and maturity oh it's great the she's film like was just the music video. she's like hanging up these tiny um, Barbie clothed versions of her old famous outfits and then she keeps getting rained on or blown on by the wind and they all fall off and then she just leaves and it's about her maturing and growing up but it's a really beautiful song and, that's um, so cool I really we did like the Barbie film we did and um, we're going to start being those people that just say we instead of ever using personal pronouns. We think we really two girls, one brain. We, we liked, liked the, Barbie the Barbie film. And, and now enjoy What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish. That's terrifying. <laughs> I used to float, now I just fall. So oh. 
both pinpointed like the same line as our favorite one which is i'm sad again don't tell my boyfriend it's, it's not what he's made, made for i think uh, i wish i wish the film addressed this more about the emotional labor that women do in relationships because i more... like that she starts off just saying like the sadness isn't what i made for but don't tell my boyfriend i'm sad because me being sad is not what he's made for which is true um and i think we're gonna do our little agony aunt thing that we've kind of come up with ourselves um, just a reminder, if you do have any um, pressing agonies, the link to our Agony Aunt Anonymous form is in our link tree in our Instagram bio. Mm. Completely anonymous, we have no idea who they're from and we really enjoy answering your questions because um, it makes us feel really smart. But we are not and legally and liable wise. if you do take our advice and it yes. goes wrong. Yeah, no, I'll be liable. I think mean, it's great advice. <laughs> it's great you advice. You can just blame me. <laughs> but what is the, what is the question we're doing? So instead of taking a viewer question this week, because it's the Barbie episode, we've decided we want to deal with a question that feels like it relates to womanhood that arose in the film. It was touched on briefly in the mum's big speech, and she was mm. saying how like it, it's hard when you have when as a woman you feel as though you're destined for greatness or obliged to be something extraordinary mm. when the reality is we're often not we are often just ordinary people living our ordinary lives and it's a case of dealing with that when i think that we all have that feeling inside of us especially i don't know i was like a gifted and talented student in school Me too. and being told like and a lot of girls are um a lot of a lot of neurodivergent girls i, I was gonna say the pipeline like, of gifted and talented to like to we never burn out, like and and being told you're going to do amazing things and then kind of entering the real world. You leave Barbie land. Well, that's your the other part of what we wanted to talk about, which is like the idea of going into the real world. And kind of dealing with the fact that like, I think that everyone's a bit normal and mediocre and it's mm. a case of like being at peace with that and being at peace with not being extraordinary because so, there is beauty in being ordinary. The question we're answering is, how do I deal with not feeling good enough and being out in the real world? Exactly. And like living up to these wild expectations of being a great woman and doing great things. Because I think all the, in, in, in the film, there's loads of Barbies. There's lawyer Barbie, Nobel Prize Barbie, Dr. Barbie, like President Barbie. And then you, as a little girl, you're like, I can be all these great things. And now I'm, you know, law graduate, law graduate failing bartender Barbie. The question is, how do you deal with being in the real world? And I think 
answering that, the Barbie film touched on it about being mm. all these incredible. But wait, where's ordinary Barbie? Where's girl Barbie? Mm. Like, I like what you said about being like law graduate into bartender pipeline. Because it is so like we're both graduates, and it's 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 easy to feel like not good enough when you go out into the real world and you're not doing something specifically related to the field that you study. Like I chose my degree to like make a difference and do big things, and I'm not. Mm. Um, oh God, I don't have answers now. I've just depressed myself. It's it's that's the thing. It's difficult, and having that kind of self acceptance of the fact that it's okay to be mediocre, it's okay to struggle, and it's okay to not be touching the world yeah. in such a deep and dramatic way it's kind of and like, working on yourself at least I know I could be thin and have a job and be a mum yeah. after having watched the Barbie but film. like that's in itself you can do that but it's really hard to yeah it just I think I think that's why the white feminism of the film really rubbed me up the wrong way because it doesn't feel like it touches on any real issues of intersectionality it says that like everything is attainable if you believe it's but, very like, American it's dream not, coded as it's Barbie. not Ameri- like it, the American dream is I think impossible and also uh, exhausting. I guess, like, as people that we've we've been the people that are going into the real world because that's what our lives have been the last few years. We've we met before we graduated, and, and now we're in the real world, and it's terrifying and scary. And it's it's I for me personally, my experience is a like a lot of the stuff I do is arts freelancing. Yeah. Which I know that Hollywood tells you is like wildly lucrative, cool and like <laughs> you know fulfilling, and you know you're <sighs> just doing, you're living your dream in the big I'm city. I'm just so tired. No one in the arts, unless you are already rich and kind of like the people that are in the arts because they're like, well, I've got enough money to do whatever I want. They're thriving. Where's Nepo Barbie? <laughs> Literally, the rest of us, everyone else that you meet is doing other stuff you won't meet a waitress who's not like oh i'm also a poet like it's i think i really struggle with being in the real world and feeling like i'm not perceived fully because in order to just be in the world you need like money to afford to live and Uh then it means that sometimes you're too burnt out to do any of the things that are actually your passions like, I have to do, like, freelancing stuff at, like, 1am because I've been at work all day. Yeah, exactly. And then how do you deal with feeling like you're not living the dream because you're just tired? Exactly. And I think we feel... I know I get, I get big imposter syndrome of not living up to my potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, being told I'm great and doing all these great things in, like, my school life and my academic life and then kind of coming in and being like, oh everything is so wildly competitive there's so many other barbies going for the same jobs that i want yeah when you're a barbie you're just born to be one thing and i would love that what do you think our barbies are we're podcast barbies <laughs> we're podcast barbies Comes with real microphones <laughs> yeah exactly if our barbies were in a box it'd be us two we'd have um like our silly little accessories mm. um you'd have your buffaloes i'd have like my dogs mm. or my dirty air forces uh, we'd have like a, a I'd have like an alcohol stained t-shirt um, we'd switch you'd, you'd get no other outfits we'd just switch outfits like mascara tears included like pimples included like <laughs> cries on command <laughs> you put you pull a little pulley at the back like um, Woody and Toy Story and then and it we comes say, with welcome a Welcome to MFM. It comes with a Ken that's like on a string, so we can't get more than twenty meters close. And it, the function is that we just talk shit about him. <laughs> yeah, our Barbie pulleys is like, did you see that guy? No Ken can be all five, communicative, well dressed, <laughs> funny, 
acts of service. That's something we just wrote when we just went for a break after that song. Yeah, we were like... Oh, it is. No person can be all, all five. five. And the five points are... Communicative, well-dressed... Good in bed. Uh, good in bed, acts of, acts service, of service, funny. and funny. And, like, it's... Obviously, those are all the tick points that are on the Barbie box for Femme FM. Oh, my God, yes. We are communicative. We are well-dressed. We are hilarious. She is so funny. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. Oh, so true. So true. Real, 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 <laughs> real. That is so real. Exactly. So real. Exactly. So true, exactly. bestie. <laughs> slay, slay, It's slay. always an annoying girl and her friend saying exactly. It's literally, as we did that trend, it just came up with like so many texts. Yeah, I typed exactly into iMessage. If I type exactly into my like app section right now. It'll be me. Oh my god, the top three aren't even you. I just, but then it's cat. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, exactly. No, No, exactly. exactly. Capital S. Exactly. I don't know what to do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, we're like, our Barbies are um, mutually fueling delusion Barbies. Echo chamber Barbies. Echo chamber Barbies. Two for one. Oh my God, buy one, get one half price. But then again, I wouldn't even like the idea of ordinary Barbie because then it's like, what is ordinary? Exactly, I don't think and they're I think, ordinary. I, that's the thing with kind of feeling mediocre, and it sounds. It's, this is going to sound so corny. Feeling mediocre and feeling ununique and feeling like an imposter and feeling like you're not doing great things or living up to your crazy amazing potential that you were told you'd reach in school. I think we live in. This is going to sound so. We live in a society. We do for real. We live in a capitalist society that values yourself based on the work you put out and the money you make, mm. etc. And I think that in order to feel like your own true Barbie and like because everyone is special and unique and wonderful I think and it's hard when you're like trying to like make a career for yourself etc etc and do great things but I think the greatest things that we can do for each other is be good and kind and the the qualities in ourselves yeah. that are like personal to us and like I enjoy the fact that like I'm a good listener or like I enjoy the fact that you give really great advice and that's the things that make us not I mediocre. I guess telling other Barbies why they're so great as well. Lifting up other it's Barbies. Like, it's easy to get in your own head. But like, if anyone asked me about you, I'd be like, Kaz, one of the coolest, the least greatest mediocre people person. I know. Like, I'd say you're the least She's mediocre incredible. person. She's incredible. She's going to yeah. do amazing things. But it's easy when you're the Barbie. Yeah, and I think it's it's cheap advice, but don't be so hard on yourself. Like, you're... Especially for us, like, we're so young, mm. and a lot of the people watching the film are so young, and they'll feel that kind of pressure on themselves to, like, be doing amazing, and why am I not lawyer Barbie? Like, why are you not poet laureate Barbie? Like, I don't want to be poet laureate Barbie. <laughs> that was, please, no. Nobel please. Prize for Literature Barbie. I don't want... Please, um, no. But, like, why aren't we doing those things that kind of like our paths we've taken on life would you think lead us to that mm. like things aren't linear things are difficult especially in the like kind of crazy world we live in now but also I guess the, the other important moral is which is like was also shown in the Barbie film is like you're going out into the real world but don't forget that your impact shapes what the world is so if you feel like the world is a really harsh place just make sure be that you at least are putting out yeah that's how I think you, you beat see. the mediocrity with the little goods yeah. um, and seeing the beauty in the world and in yourself and believing in that because there is nothing mediocre about being an ordinary person I think being an ordinary mm. human and being a human is in itself an extraordinary experience and p- just put the good that you can in the world and then it will make it easier for everyone to be better I think that's the best advice we could give to it. 
Sorry. Is that really good time to do this? No, I just wanted to put it in bin. <laughs> I can do it. That's <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. I think I, I, it sounds like shallow advice, but I don't. I think the way to beat the feelings of mediocrity and imposter syndrome, like I, it's hard for me to say because I struggle to believe in myself a lot of the time, and I feel mediocre on a day-to-day basis, and mm. I feel like a disappointment on a day-to-day basis. But we but believe in each other. I think that's very true, and it kind of brings back to most of our question answers. It's like uplifting yourself and your friends around you, and mm. taking your friends' friendships for what they are. I think that I see the beauty in myself and the extraordinary in myself through the way my friends and those my nearest and dearest see me, the way my family see me and the way my pals see me. I know I'm extraordinary because, I don't know, because my mum tells me I'm the greatest person ever and that I have something special. Or Your mum tells me I'm the greatest person My mum's obsessed with you. Ruth. <laughs> she's she's telling us both. <laughs> I am her, you know, blood daughter. All right. <laughs> She's going to be so upset when she hears this. She's going to be like, just say anything. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Ruth. You're the greatest person ever. No, exactly. You. And, like, everyone is special. Like, if you think about... I don't know. If you if you think about the most extraordinary person in your life, chances are they probably think they're pretty ordinary. Like, I think, mm. you know, the greatest people in my life is, like, my family and my close friends, and I think they're so extraordinary because of the little things. Literally... We have the you might think best they're friends. Like, you might think, like, I don't know, my stupid jokes are, like, ordinary and boring and unoriginal, but they're, like... I love your jokes! They're needs to other people, you She's know? She's a bit connoisseur. And I think the way to kind of beat the idea of, like, why am I not doing great things is realise that you are a great thing in yourself. By Aww. existing, you are a great thing. You're all... Every listener's fan of them, you are a great thing, and you are extraordinary because you are here. You're a person. I don't know. I, I like... I, I think the human experience on every individual basis is so beautiful and in its ordinariness I think it's that's really lovely you don't have to be a Barbie just being yourself is so great I'm about to play a really silly little song oh oh my god it's great I love that exemplifies song. how great the human experience are because I just love hearing sound <laughs> oh this is such a sound song recently I've just been really enjoying songs that sound like the inside of my own brain oh yeah little noises little quips and that's what I'm bringing to you guys with my song pick of this week um, I'm going to be playing a Sophie song rest in peace Sophie I genuinely think Sophie would have been involved with the Barbie soundtrack where she alive now oh my god she would have been on it she would have done the whole thing. She would thing. have produced it 100%. Like, she has such huge Barbie energy. Imagine if instead of the Billie Eilish song, Face Shopping was playing in the background mm-hmm. of the, <laughs> the, the woman <laughs> montage. Um, so, the song that I'm going to play today is Hard by Sophie. It's an old one. It's from 2014, and she released it as a single with a song called Lemonade. And Great then song as well. re-released it on her album Product. But I, I didn't realise until I just said that that it was from 2014. That's so crazy. That's so, that's so, wild. Wow. so long ago. Rest in peace, Sophie. She was just the most amazing, most talented producer. She was such a visionary. She was ahead of her time as well. So ahead of her time. I promise you she's worked on like all of your favourite artists' favourite songs. And she was so like tragically taken from us way before her time. It's just so a heartbreaking sad. accidental death yeah mm. is it's it's really really sad to think of like how much she like overcame in her personal life to be taken in an accident like that is yeah. just so sad and she was just trying to see the stars the legacy she's left is paramount the influence she's had on 
the hyperpop movement mm. and just techno music in general and electronic music in the general. The way hyperpop is today just would not exist without, without her. her. And not even just hyperpop, like she's just done the most amazing production of cross genres. Her work with Vince Staples are some of my favourite songs. Like, ah, oh, yeah, she's amazing. And this song, Hard, is just like a silly, like, it just sounds like. It's it feels like if the computer in your brain started malfunctioning. Um, and the vocalist on the song because it's Sophie produced but the vocalist is um, G-F-O-T-Y which is short for Girlfriend of the Year she's a singer-songwriter whose surname is Salmon first name is Polly really? Um, yeah oh I love that but yeah the lyrics are literally just like I get so hard it's so hard it's so hard PVC I get so hard but it's just so hard bouncy groovy itchy scratchy don't ask me what the song is about it's just it's it feels like the song was invented uh, to talk about a texture and it feels like listening to textures oh my god so true let's get texturized so here is hard by sophie
need to ex- like ex- extraduce the song, like the opposite of introduce. I don't think that is the opposite of introduce. Um, introduce. I was extraduce. Ex. Extraduce. But that just doesn't feel like that's what the opposite of introduce Nothing. is. Well, I guess to introduce is to be like. Oh, sorry. Ah, throwing things everywhere. Is to be like this is what something is. So, I guess the opposite of introducing something is like hiding it. So, so then, I'm not going to tell you anything about that song. What song? What song? What song? What, what are you happened? talking about? Gaslight, that's a big word. Did your friends teach you that? Oh, I don't think they have your best interests in ideas in your I don't think your family do either, actually. You. You've only got me. Without me, you've got nothing. Yeah, Kat's going to tell you another song, and don't think about the other songs. Um, I actually have a really lovely song. It's, it's um, a lovely song. From one of my fave artists at the moment, Rachel Chinnareri. I saw her like a couple of years ago supporting Remy Wolf in London. I got into an that argument. Was that a couple of years ago? Uh, it would have been 2021, I believe, or early 22. Jesus. Um, but yeah, I got into an argument with some girls because they were a group of. No, it wasn't. Cat loves getting in arguments again. It was a group of girls and they were so drunk and they were being so loud during Rachel Chinnareri's set. And I'm like, it's hard enough being a supporting act for a big artist like Remy Wolf. Mm. But like, she was singing like these slow acoustic ballads about her father's alcoholism and they were just like drunk going, like, that guitarist is so hot and I turned around and went I'm so sorry to like say this but I didn't pay to hear you guys talking about the whole set as you should and then they were like who the fuck does this girl think she is like telling us not to talk during a concert like where do you think we are and I was like have some respect were you with Curtis I was with Curtis what did he do he hates conflict he hates conflict but some other girl like behind them like smiled at me and I was like yeah I did the right thing did he um, do anything no he just stood there <laughs> just, of course he just stood there um, but yeah I'm playing uh, her latest single actually it's called Ribs if you don't know who Rachel Chinnery is she is an English singer songwriter um, from Where London, from Croydon. <gasps> South she's London. She's from South London. She's South London Pick of the Week. And um, she's incredible. And this song, Ribs, is like very cute and fun from her. Uh, I've got a little quote about her from her, sorry, explaining it. Um, she said, I wrote ribs when I had a chest infection and a crush on someone and it was oh. annoying me. So I combined my two annoyances and described my liking of someone as a chest infection that was hurting my ribs because I actually had achy ribs. I then went to the pub and had some of the best ribs I've eaten from the Staplow Oak Inn oh, and wow. it was quite fun to make. So basically, fancying someone is a sickness which you can either cure it or it can make you worse. In my case, I never recovered. Um, it's a really cute, Ooh, like... A, wait, she never recovered? Are, like, are they together now? Oh, I have no idea. Um, hopefully this song is helping her heal. never recover from a crush it's a really cute really like Rachel Tinnery does a lovely like dreamy pop acoustic mm. pop I think she's great she's got an amazing voice what a good metaphor as well when she's pretty young she's only in her 20s um, she's doing great things I really am a fan of her you might know the song All I Ever Asked I played it I believe on our student radio run um, yeah you did I love that mm. song so much it's a beautiful song about um, like getting what you want out of a relationship and like I'm not asking for much but you still refuse to give me the bare minimum um, I once had a crush on someone whilst I had a chest infection. It was horrible. Did you interlock the pains and write a song about them about whilst eating ribs? Well, it's hard to... I was taking antibiotics. I was taking L's. Like. Having a crush. I saw a TikTok. It's like having an infatuation with someone. You just lose all your appetite. Mm. It's horrible. I, 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 I'm not a fan of having crushes. No, I'm sorry to say Crushes are horrible. Like, they're fun and all, but like they make you feel so sick. Because we had this conversation about a week ago when I like had a passing crush and I was like I don't like it I'm I not out for it. It. I'm having a bad time it. like this is not fun for me I really There's don't like, like it There's something like physically nauseating about having a crush and being obsessed with someone or obsessing with someone I like don't their socials. ever want to care that much about what someone thinks of me so it's so oh, it's, it's demoralising it's degrading when it happens I don't know this person why do I care 
that like being my Instagram. said like date us we're great we're really great we're single and available and desperately lonely and I will just become I will be sickened by you sickened sicken me um, make me write this song yeah it's a really cute beautiful song it's super fun it's super lovely she's got a great voice I'm excited um, to hear it it's adorable yeah this is Ribs by Rachel Shinnerary completely sums up what it's like to have a crush on someone oh it's really nice but it is also just like can't stop thinking about you it's like an infection and i i can't breathe because my ribs will break mm. so i'm gonna eat some a really good pub <laughs> and write this song anyone anyone listening do you want to go get ribs with me at pub oh yeah okay i'm manifesting right now someone someone message you come on fam, fam listeners feel our energy <sighs> Losers. God damn, you guys suck. You guys are rubbish. Oh, anyway, I think we're coming up to that time. Yeah, our classic of the week is, you know, a rehash, we mm. could say. Do we have any more general Barbie th- Barbie-esque, Barbie-adjacent thoughts before we round up our episode? I think we've spoken a lot about, like, what we didn't love about the film. I think the film in itself is, like, a good thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I think, ultimately, a net good, like 
it was just fun. You can't say it wasn't fun. Yeah, we sound like this film fun. is like really depressing and deep. It's no, we're so just thinking fun. way we too much a, about it. We had a really great time, and I'd recommend going with like a, a group of pals. Oh, there's a video essay I would heavily recommend. I don't know if you watched it. In the oh, I didn't I sent know. To you earlier. It's by a YouTuber who I really like because they just make great, great, great videos. I'm obsessed with video essays. I might do a little bit on video essays next week because um, oh, I've got some less. niche ones. The video essay is by a YouTuber called Verily Bitchy and it's called The Plastic Feminism of Barbie. And it's the only video essay of many, many, many that I've watched on Barbie that I felt actually looked at it from a very nuanced perspective. Um, so oh, I'd really recommend that if you want to think about like not just the like themes of feminism in it but like the capitalist nature of the film being made by Mattel yeah. um, and the inclusion I thought it was really great and good um, what else I'm, should, is there anything we want to plug at the moment oh what should we plug um, I'm playing give a us festival oh Sadie's playing a festival this is very exciting please talk about this I'm playing a festival at the end of the month um, come if you want <laughs> I'm not working on commission for it. I'm just getting my fee, so you know, it doesn't affect me. I don't care if you come. <laughs> I can't but, um, make it. I, can I know. Have I'm playing a I'm really so lovely upset. festival in Manchester called Night Garden. Um, I'm DJing there on the 26th. Please do come if you're in the area. Tickets aren't too expensive. I'm going to camp, which my dad always says, "Oh, people have suffered enough about camping." I'm <laughs> do it anyway. It's a really cool festival. It's run by the lovely Bryony and the lovely Rosie. It's a DIY like electro festival. It's going to have some really beautiful like light based exhibitions as well. Some cool art stuff as well. Yeah, it's going to be in like an abandoned old garden center. Sick. I'm so very sick. excited. I'm so for mad it. I can't go. Please, please, can you guys go as like placeholder me? Wear cat skin. Wear my go skin and go as me. How am I meant to perform without my girl though? You know? Do you know what I mean? I need to be your biggest hype man. I need to do ad libs whilst we're mm. DJing. Mm-hmm. Ladies. Ladies. To anyone. Savage. Sadie. So yeah, that's that's probably my thing to plug for the month. Always please add to our Rex playlist, which is the link to that is in our Instagram. We will show you the playlist for this week's songs, which will also be, we'll post that on Instagram. Our Agony Aunt link to send us anonymous questions. Guess where it is? Instagram! We're um, pretty good on that app. Oh, you know, we could like connect on LinkedIn or something yeah I don't have LinkedIn but yeah please drop us a message we're sorry we've been gone for so long don't hold us against don't 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 hold it against us we're just girls we're just Barbies we're, we're ordinary Barbies you guys are so clingy for real why are you so needy right now like I've got other stuff going on like do you think I, do you think I want to do this Barbie came out you know like we've been doing pay things. us more <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, no for real we will be back on it um, we just have to have a little break for life things technical difficulties etc. technical difficulties technical difficulties but um, we hope that this Barbie episode has fulfilled all your Barbie needs please 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 get in touch with your opinions so I do want to talk about yes we've got so I do want to thoughts. continue the bar discussion the Barbie discussion the Barb discussion yeah. Bob do you think? Do you think we should do an Oppenheimer episode? And um, that's not a real question. God, We're please, not doing that. I don't want to do it. You can um, do it on your own. Yeah. Please let us know your thoughts and feelings on Barbie. We will talk about your opinions uh, on the next episode because oh, should we do an Oppenheimer episode? God, we really shouldn't because I just spend the whole time. I want to, like, I don't. I don't think I'm clever enough for it. 
Oh no, I made a bomb. And you're gonna use no, it? No, you don't understand because no. he got bullied in school yeah, and everyone was like, you can't make a bomb. He has anxiety for real. He literally like, has anxiety oh. and girls were never nice to him. And then everyone's surprised that he made this bomb, but it's like, you know, maybe if you let him go to sleepovers, he would actually wouldn't have. So true. You know? Oppenheimer, justice for Oppenheimer is the takeaway from this episode. He's such a Ken. Justice, Oppenheimer is such big energy. And I thought he was kind of cute. Well, Oppenheimer. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's Killian Murphy. Who was oh yeah, he is kind of cute. To be fair. Um, so, classic of the week. We are playing obviously the Barbie, classic Barbie, Barbie by Girl Aqua. by Aqua. Um, do you have any notes on this song? Um, just it's Barbie Girl. It's Barbie Girl by, by, Aqua. by Aqua. It came out in 1997. We spoke a little bit about. Yeah, we kind of spoke about its history stuff. Um, oh my god! Now. I very highly recommend watching a live performance of this song because oh. that's not a voice. She sounds like that live. She's like doing that with her real voice. It's crazy. Um, really fun song, classic. Yeah, just like w- probably one of the most famous examples of parody of our time. And I think it's almost sad that the message of the song has gotten so washed out over the years by, by Bobby reclaiming yeah, it. Real Bobby reclaimed but, the song. So let's listen to it and actually think about what the whole. Let's song listen to this mindfully. Um, and let's listen to like one other Aqua song, just because like we probably should at some point. I don't know anything else they've done, but they they played like a, a bunch of prides. They're pretty iconic in the gay community. But yeah, we love you very much. Happy Barbie episode. Um, this has been very fun, and we will speak to you soon. Um, stay in touch. Don't be strangers. Mwah. Bye. Bye. Don't go.
just hold on for one second. Oh, okay.